You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. To the turn and never ending. Let loose by Hauling 28 2 and raced away by seven metres to Skylord. Getting into the clear, Gerardo very nicely indeed. As they straighten up, never ending's going to walk in. It's well clear over Skylord. Gerardo is coming down the outside, trying to move to second. Back on the inside is Magnus Victor, but never ending's a star. And that's 10 out of 11, streaking away to win brilliantly. Never ending by 11 metres. Second home, Gerardo. Two metres to Skylord and three metres away, Magnus Victor. Yes, good morning, everyone. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Mobile Rolling, proudly brought to you by Garrard's Horse and Hound. That was the feature, or one of the features, on Friday night from the West over at Gloucester Park. The Group 2 uh, Westbred Classic taken out by Neverending. This is the reigning two-year-old of the year from last year. He was unbeaten last season. He suffered his first defeat last week, but he bounced back there on Friday night, dominating his rivals, aided by a beautiful drive by Gary Hall Jr., I want to just find out more about Never, Never Ending and just how far this guy can go. His driver is joining us now, Gary Hall Jr. Jr., appreciate the time. No worries, Chris. How are you? I'm really well. Now, is it fair to say with you nowadays, it, it takes a bit for you to get excited, but this guy has got you excited. Is that a nice way of calling me old? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you said it. <laughs> yeah, well, I think, yeah. Um, nearly time to drop the junior, I suppose, off the name. Um, yeah, been around that long, I guess. But, uh, yeah, it is. It is true, that comment, I, I think, when it comes to horses especially. Um, and that's probably because I've been spoilt somewhat. Uh, but, yeah, this guy, he's... Um, he certainly... Um, you know, he's, he's got my attention, I think, a lot of people's at the moment with, with just how far he could potentially go. So, fingers crossed we um, we get to see his full potential. He was awesome in so many ways there on Friday night. You went back from the wide draw and that move, the speed he showed when you just whipped around the field, took the lead with a lap left to run and he looked so comfortable up the home running. 55-2, finished off in 28-2, 27-7. You never moved on him, so... It is exciting going forward. The Derby's obviously the big target. So, is he right on on target for that race? Yeah, you'd have to think so. Um, but he's, I think, what sort of separates him from the rest is obviously the, you know, he's got that high cruising speed. We know that. But then he's he's also got that change up speed that he can just, you know, it's push button really. Um, you only got to shake the rein at him and he'll. He'll just accelerate. Um, the, the beauty of Friday night's run was I opened him up, obviously, up the straight, and once he hit the rail, he, he came back to me. Um, that's been a problem of his in the past, getting a little keen. But, um, yeah, he, he really dropped a bit once I got back in front, and that, that was the um, that was probably the most exciting part for me, which is something probably that, you know, watching was, was, was not really noticeable to anyone else or anything like that. But Justin and I took, took out of that 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 was... Uh, you know, that was probably the most pleasing aspect to light him up like that with a lap to go and, and have him drop the bit. But yeah, just to just to you know, to be already running, I don't think they were going all that slow up front. It's usually a move you see when 
you know, the brakes are being uh, firmly pumped up front. Someone might take off and, and try and catch them napping, so to speak, but they weren't really going that slow, and I was only ever intending on moving up there quietly and, and just sort of parking up three wide and, and saving him for, for the last 400. But, he, um, you know, he got around him that easy, and I knew if I, you know, did, did give him his head, he, he'd show that acceleration. So uh, I think that's just what separates him at this stage. And obviously there's, there's strength there to it as well because to finish off like he did with, you know, he wasn't asked at all really um, inside the last sort of four, 500. And um, we, we know there is something there when we do do pull the plugs and, and really go for him. So pretty exciting really. Mm. And, and to back up your point, you, you're right. They, they weren't going slow at all. 30.4, 28.9 second quarter. So uh, it, it wasn't a slow tempo being set by those leaders. So, as I said, the WA Derby is the next big one. The Victoria Derby comes up before the WA Derby. Do you think there'll be any temptation from those on the East Coast to try and persuade connections to head him over to, to Melbourne for a shot of that and then return home? Or is the focus solely on, on the WA Derby? Uh, I, I'm not sure. I, I, I guess, you know, they would like to see him over there. It probably goes without saying in, in some degree. But I don't think Justin would be tempted. I, I he, he may be, you know, he may consider it if it was, if it was after the WA Derby. But obviously... When you got that race in your own backyard, yeah, you know that's his sole focus at this stage. Uh, so, you know, it definitely, I know Justin, he would have had a plan mapped out for him a long time ago, like he does with all his horses, and he's very meticulous when it comes to that side of things. So, uh, he, he's not the sort of person that would just change his plans based on the way the horse is going and and the fact that you know the, the East might want him there for the Vic Derby. So, I would say that'd be. You know, a 99% no to that, but um, I, I, I would, I would think he'd definitely consider travelling with him. Uh, you know, later on down the track, there's no doubt about that. He's uh, he's too good a horse to probably to not showcase over the east at some stage. Okay, just scanning the recent records of the WA Derby, uh, several trainers have gone back to back, and Justin's gone back to back, winning the last two editions. You combined with him last year, Tricky Mickey. Two years ago, it was Mighty Ronaldo. So he's aiming for a little bit of history himself, Justin Prentice, by having uh, trained the Derby winner for three straight years. But just talking about the history, these are some of the Derby winners you've sat behind in recent times. Tricky Mickey, Major Trojan, King of Swing, Chicago Bull, Bodine Boaz, and Alta Cristiano. It's a fair list, isn't it? Yeah, it's a um, it's a good horses race, isn't it? Uh, when you when you read out some of those names, and you know most of them went on to do to do really good things after that as well. So yeah, I, I, you've got to be at the top of your game to win a to win a derby. I think anywhere. And, um, like I say, like a few of those horses obviously had um, never got to sort of really show their full potential, moving forward through injury and things like that. But hopefully this guy he can stay fit and sound, and we can we can really see the best of him and what he can really achieve because, you know, there's, it's pretty hard to do what he did Friday with, with as much in the tank as I think he had. So, um, yeah, I, I think... Um, but, yeah, looking at that list, I, I, I actually sort of... Um, Ken Casales asked me Friday who are... You know, ha, you know how would he rate to some of the others I've driven? I I said he'd be the, the best three or I've driven um, or probably... I probably 
uh, equaled him to Elder Cristiano actually because I think he won the derby off about 10 weeks work here um, when he came over he was never aimed for it we were always behind the eight ball and thought we were going to miss it but he he um, come through pretty good and, and made it to the race and and won it quite comfortably so yeah he I'd liken him to him at this stage but um, you know as far as also like Quinny he's definitely better than Quinny at three I would say but as we know Quinny went on to just mature and strengthen up and get better and better and better and turned out to be a freak so um I hope this guy can follow a similar path. <laughs> well, it's a fair rap you've just given him there, saying that he's, you know, up there with, you know, Alta Cristiano, because, you know, horses like King of Swing, he earned more than $3 million. Chicago Bull needs no introduction. Bodine Boaz was just an absolute star. Probably doesn't get the credit he deserves. So to have Never Ending above some of these horses at the same stage is, is quite a compliment. Yeah, it is. And I think sometimes, you know, once you... When you're living in the in the moment, um, you, you can forget about some of those horses. But just uh, having sort of driven them and knowing what they were doing at the time and how they were doing it, I just I I, I can't remember that any of those horses doing it like he's been doing it. Um, and you know, I got a lot of time for horses like Skylord, um, who was in the in the breeze on Friday night. He's a he's a really nice three year old. Um, you know, this guy just makes him look second rate when they when they meet. So, um, which is no easy easy feat. So, yeah, he's he's um, yeah. We're I'm pretty sort of don't like booming him up too much, and I know Justin's very much the same. He's he's, he's even less sort of talkative about them than me. But um, I find it hard not to get carried away with the way he's going. Mm. T- tell me, Justin Prentice, he, he he's 35. He's only a young guy. We keep seeing and reading so much about him with all the results that he gets. What makes him such a great trainer? Uh, attention to detail, I think. And his, just his, uh, his work ethic as a whole. He, you know, he, everyone knows uh, how hard it is training horses and how testing it can be at times. But he's, um, yeah, he's, 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 he's very particular about things and, um, he has a he always has a a plan um, for every each and every horse and and always has um, you know there's always a reason behind something he's doing uh, uh, which I think is pretty important as a as a trainer as well so um, and like all good trainers they just got that eye for a horse and sort of re- able to read the horse to let them know you know what the ho- horse needs um, but yeah he's very good at sort of programming his horses and placing them well and and obviously um yeah you know through his records in the juvenile races and things like that he's, he's got a pretty good eye or a pretty good selection process for the yearlings as well so um but yeah he the other thing too about justin is he's, he's a you know in my eyes he's a, he's a top driver um clearly would be one of the best here if he if he wanted to drive but he he just actually likes concentrating more so on the training side of things and and um, not you know not having to then worry about getting down there on a Friday and thinking about how he's going to drive the horse as well, which I totally understand. I think it's a really hard thing to do to, to sort of train and drive a big team. I think it's a I think anyone that can do that, I definitely um, tip my hat to him. It's a, it's one of the hardest things to do. But um, yeah, he, he's a phenomenal driver as well. He's record in big races when he's coming off about it. 
you know, eight month layoff without even having a driver is, is pretty good. <laughs> Mm, yeah, he's a, he's a star horseman, there's no doubt about it. So it looks like you've got the Derby at your mercy. Can the same be said for the WA Oaks as well with this filly August Moon? You drove her to victory there on Friday night as well. She looks like she's just getting better and better every time she steps out. Is the Oaks at her mercy over there? Uh, potentially. Um, uh, I think the Bond horse turned the page. Uh, she looks like a pretty smart filly as well. I think... Um, We'd, we'd want to probably have an advantage on her in the draw. That would, that would definitely be helpful. Uh, but, yeah, August Moon, she's she's a funny horse. She's um, just completely opposite to the other guy. She, she's never going to win a race by a big margin or anything like that. She she doesn't run away from a field. She likes to wait for them and, and, and race them. And a lot of people get the idea that she hasn't got much left. But um, probably one of her softest wins on Friday. Uh, and... You know, you might expect that from a dollar twenty favourite when they find the front like she did. But uh, I've never had her travelling that well, turning for home, and and yeah, and when I let her down, she actually did kick really good on Friday. So I think she's still learning. Uh, and like you said, she's just getting better and better every run, which is uh, you know it's a good thing moving forward for the Oaks. And obviously, the trip won't hurt her. Uh, she's she's definitely tough enough. And I think at, her, at this stage, it's probably somewhat between her and yeah, Bondi's horse turned the page. I think um, or Dylan's horse, Dylan Edson Green's horse, Zephyr as well, I think she uh, that's not her style Friday night to come around and sit in the breeze and I think she's um, she's a knockout chance in the Derby, uh, in the Oaks, sorry for sure because she's got that really good turn of foot late um, yeah but she needs to be more like a sniper I think all right. Well, your record, if my uh, research is correct, is not as good in the Oaks as in comparison to the Derby. You've got two winners in the Oaks, uh, Miss Holmes being your first. Your most recent, it was for that man we were just talking about, Justin Prentice, when Major Reality scored back in 2015. You've always been a ladies' man. Hopefully you're back in the winner's circle for the Oaks in 2023. <laughs> oh, I reckon the Miss Holmes one, that should count for about five. I don't know how she ever won the Oaks. <laughs> I <laughs> <laughs> hey, really yeah, appreciate the time. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I hope I could, can get the win because um, on her for, for Luke, uh, he's a young trainer as well. He's doing a really good job. And, um, you know, I know how stressful it is having a horse like her in the stable and trying to turn them out each and every week for for races like this. But, he, he, yeah, he's doing a really good job as well. Right, excellent stuff. I hey, really appreciate the time. Uh, best of luck, and uh, we'll be in uh, in touch. No worries, Chris. Thanks. There's Gary Hall Jr. He's one of the all-time greats. He's got 73 Group 1 victories against his name and there's uh, so much more to come, in particular just around the corner. So he's got a great chance there with Never Ending, who's the horse they've all got to beat in the WA Derby. And he's also got uh, August Moon for young trainer Luke Edwards pushing towards the WA Oaks. And uh, time beat me there just talking about Never Ending, but I'm, I'm tipping that the uh, Eureka next year is obviously going to be a, uh, a long-range target for this uh, outstanding three-year-old, no question about that. So we wish Gary Hall Jr. all the very best of luck. A lot of big races just around the corner as well. Not sure if he's got a drive for those mares features coming up because news coming through that 
uh, one of their star mares has been retired, Better Talk Art. She never raced uh, in Australia. Uh, she was a Group 1 winner in New Zealand and they've had all sorts of issues with her, so it looks like she has been retired. She was set to trial a couple of weeks ago, but uh, obviously didn't proceed and there's been a, a few more issues since. So that's disappointing. He'll have a, uh, a number of key options for the, uh, the big uh, Cups races coming up as well. So a lot to look forward to. So that's that's some news there from the West with uh, never ending there. Let's come closer to home. Saturday night at Albion Park, we had a, uh, a strong nine race program. And one of the main races or the highlight races, without doubt, was the trotting feature, which was race number four. As we know, Queensland will play host to ID23 starting on December 1 right through until December 16. Nominations close, owners and trainers, September 25. So less than two weeks now until nominations will be closed off. And that series is going to be here before you know it. We saw an ex-Kiwi step out for the first time on Saturday night. His name, Majestic Lavros. Eight years of age, lightly raised. He was well fancied in betting on Saturday night following some really nice trials, and he didn't disappoint. He showed very good gate speed to lead over the mile, mobile start conditions, and then score comfortably in 156.8. His trainer is Taylor Gillespie, and she joins us online now. Taylor, good morning, congratulations. Morning, Chris, thank you. Was it relief, was it uh, ecstasy? What were the emotions you were feeling when he got the job done? A uh, bit of relief. Um just because there was a little bit of hype about him after those trials. So definitely relief, but um, very excited. So let's go right back to the start with Majestic Lavros. Uh, how did he end up in your care? Um, Mark Gurry um, has been an owner of Dad's. He owned Kazinov for Dad when Dad trained him to run second in the Inter-Dominion and... Um, Last year, Mark had his trotter, Mufasa Metro, in the Inter-Dominion last year, and Dad sent him a text wishing him good luck, and they started talking, you know, a lot more since then, and since the Inter-Dominion is here in our own backyard. This year, he said that he'd like to try and find us a trotter, and he's always followed Majestic Lavros over in New Zealand and purchased him to come over. Okay, so it was Mark that spotted this horse and said, this is the horse that can hopefully bring me into Dominion glory this year? Yep, yeah, he said he's followed him through most of his career and has always really liked him and he put the offer in for him and, yeah, we've got him. Okay, so when, when the news came through that this was the horse that was bound for your stables, when did you start sort of you know, looking up the replays and just analysing his efforts in the races that he's had in New Zealand? Um, more or less straight away. As soon as he mentioned the horse, Dad <laughs> and I were looking him up and looking at the replays and, yeah, more or less straight away. OK. Did you like what you saw? Yeah, very much so. Like, he won listed race over there and I think he ran a couple placings in group races and um, his stats speak for themselves so we were excited straight away okay uh you mentioned those trials he, he was so good in both of those trials but that most recent trial which was late august uh he was stunning there that last half was just brilliant and uh, that probably set tongues wagging uh, as far as the height was concerned going into that race there on saturday night he didn't take a backward step following that trial no he was super um bit of a joke at home we say we don't have a lot of paces that can run that sort of last half so yeah we're ecstatic with him 
Yeah, and then on Saturday night, he delivered very similar sectionals. 56-8 for a trotter, but he finished off in 27-6, 28-1. You, you can't ask for any more. No, definitely not. And um, his heart rate sort of showed he's probably not 100% fit yet either. So um, we think there's a little bit more to come, which is just extra exciting. Mm. Uh, another thing that probably uh, you're entitled to be excited about, just going back through his record, uh, a lot of his races in New Zealand were over a, a journey, so very rare conditions for him there on Saturday night, a mobile start race at a sprint trip at a mile. So that was great to see him come out and do what he did, but is it fair to say he's probably going to be better over a journey? Yeah, definitely. I think that's why um, he stood out to Mark um, but I think he's pretty versatile. I think um, any distance he'll be good at, but yeah, I think he was purchased with, you know, the long distance in mind. Okay. What was the feedback from Matty Elkins, your driver on Saturday night? Uh, I think the words were, he went awesome. Um, and I think he just said he <laughs> switched off a little bit before the line. Um, he thought his job was done. He had to chase him up a little bit, probably 50 before the line. But, yeah, he was really happy. OK. It was a good quality field. You beat good opposition there. Funny face is a mare that's low flying. Uh, my alderman, Eddie, is uh, emerging as a talent. Sir Fahrenheit's proven. Uh, Sugar and Spice, her efforts during the recent constellations were great. So you've got every right to be excited. Now, tell me, has the nomination already been lodged for ID 23? It sure has. <laughs> I think we put that through last week. <laughs> Before the race? Yeah. Yeah, we wanted to get in nice and early so we didn't forget. Okay, fair enough. So that series, as I said, starts on December 1. What do you do between now and then with Majestic Lavros? Um, I guess it depends what he comes out in the rankings as um, we don't really want to travel anywhere at the moment but um, depends where he's sitting in the rankings whether we go to Menangle and try and chase a couple of those trot races there or just stay here at home we don't want to give him too much um, December's not far away but it, it is as well so we don't want to give him too much but I guess we'll just wait and see to what he comes out as Mm. How do you think he'll handle the, 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 the runs or the, 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 the amount of racing in that short period of time? So it's a two-week window. He's likely to have a couple of runs there. So will he handle that back-to-back uh, that -back racing? Um, I think so. He's very um, very versatile, very professional in everything he does. Like, he pulled up super after Saturday night. I don't think, um, you know, racing, having a fair bit of racing over those few weeks will worry him too much, but I guess time will tell. Okay, just looking at the uh, the tab fixed prices for the Inter Dominion, he's right in calculations. He's the uh, the shortest priced horse of the Queensland runners at fourteen dollars. The defending champion, just believe, is the favourite at three dollars, but he's right in the mix there, and uh, he's he's ahead of some really nice trotters as well. So there's a nice little wrap for you. Yeah, I think after Saturday night, someone sent Dad a message, and he was. $34 going into after before Saturday night and then after someone sent him one and it was 12 or $14, whatever it was. So, yeah, <laughs> significant difference after Saturday night. Yeah, no doubt. Well, he was very exciting. You've got the one runner lining up today and, uh, again, it's for Mark Gurry. Will win Wilbur goes around in race one. Now, this guy's only a three-year-old. I think he's had the four local runs now. We're yet to see the best of him, but... 
the abilities there, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. He just doesn't really know what he's doing out there yet. Um, I think we've got to play the patient game with him for a while. The ability's there, but he just doesn't know what he's doing. So once he learns his manners, I think we'll have a handy little trotter with him too. Okay. The favourite for that race is going to be not as promised, who's looked good winning both of his starts. But he starts off 30 metres and you're off the front. Can can he run a bit of a race today if, if he brings his A game? Yeah, if he steps, um, I think he'll be right there in the finish. It's just all about what he does in the start. Okay. Well, pressure's on Matty Elkins. He's got to produce the magic and uh, get him away safely and get him around safely and uh, your job's done. Yeah, that's it. That's it, all right. Uh, now, just going back to the end of Dominion, uh, just for, your, for yourself and, and your dad, uh, to have a horse like Majestic Lavros competing is going to be huge. But as you said, y your dad's trained Kajanov, who was placed in the end of Dominion, that was behind Sundon's gift down at Mooney Valley many, many years ago. Is he still at, at your property, Kajanov? And, and blowing budgets, another trotter that your dad had that competed in Inter Dominion, is he sharing that paddock with Kajanov? Yep, they're both still at home. Um, I think Budgie will be oh, 24 this year, but yeah, they're both still at home um, living out their days. So they're just living the life of luxury at home? Yep, both of them are. Yeah, they're both mm -hmm. pretty special to us, um, especially Kaz to Dad. So yeah, we've got them at home. They won't go anywhere. Okay, well, Majestic Lavros, he might be able to, uh, you know, supersede them in time to come. Oh, I hope so, Chris. I really do. Yeah, well, hey, congratulations. It was a perfect start for him there on Saturday night, getting that victory, and uh, obviously it's full steam ahead now to ID23. Taylor, really appreciate the time. Continued success, uh, continued success with Majestic Lavros, and best of luck today with Whirlwind Wilbur. Thanks so much, Chris.